Up until this point, I have covered the root cause to food sensitivities, the traps that we can fall into when we're trying to address them, and the most common questions. Now you're probably asking, how do I resolve food sensitivities using the principles of GHK and my mind? Well, today is the day that I'll be diving into the exact steps of how to do that. In my opinion, food sensitivities are super easy to resolve when done correctly. For some, it can be done in a matter of a day. Like Shar, a student of the MBR program who was able to do just that. For others, it may take a little longer. Either way, it's possible. If you're experiencing food sensitivities or know someone who is, know that there is a solution and I'm going to lay out what that looks like in today's episode. Are you ready to stop the overwhelm and frustration and instead simplify your healing? I'm your host, Jenny Peterson, a chronic illness coach who helps those with chronic symptoms identify and release the unconscious patterns that are blocking their healing. That's right. I take out all the fluff, the supplements, the diets, the detoxes, and teach you how to heal just using your mind. I never said that it's easy, but it can be simple. If you're serious about getting back your life and health, it's time to put focus on the one area that will help you get there, your own mind. Just a disclaimer, I am not a doctor. I am a coach that is training in GHK and GNM. I have worked with hundreds of clients successfully using this biological approach to healing. Take the information that I am sharing as you will and to your doctor if necessary. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Food Allergies and Sensitivity series. I hope you've listened to the previous episodes to get a full understanding of food sensitivities and now are ready to address them for good. When a student comes into the MBR program with food sensitivities, there are some specific steps that must be done to ensure their success in resolving them. I'm going to go through these steps today and also introduce you to Shar, who followed these steps and was able to overcome her food sensitivities literally overnight. All right, so let's just dive right in. Step one, the absolute first step is shifting the beliefs around food. Now, I have talked about this in previous episodes in this series. That would be episode number 23. Uh, For more in-depth around beliefs around food, I would definitely listen to that episode. And like I've mentioned in that episode, beliefs are super powerful when it comes to resolving food sensitivities. So the first step needs to be to let go of the old beliefs that you have been told about what foods are quote unquote good or bad and what you can and can't eat. That's number one. It's also helpful to understand the biological reason for sensitivities when doing this because again, when we have a belief, we usually have proof that supports that belief. And our brains have a hard time just immediately shifting over from one way of thinking to another without there being some type of proof to do that. The best way to shift those old beliefs to believing that food is not the problem is understanding this from a biological perspective, which comes from learning GHK. And I teach that in episode number 22 that can help you learn the biological connection to food sensitivities. And when we understand that, these other beliefs can go right out the window fairly easy once we have this basic understanding. We have to start with believing that the food is not the problem. Sometimes this shift in belief is all that is needed, believe it or not. I have had some students just shift the way that they view food and their sensitivities go away. That was the case for Shar, who you will be hearing about in a little bit. So the first step is absolutely you've got to work on shifting the beliefs around food. Everything that you've been programmed to believe 
has got to get thrown out the window because those beliefs are driving the bus right now. So when we shift that around and decide to give back those beliefs to the other people and they're no longer ours, and we can now understand why our body is doing what it's doing and understand the biological connection to these symptoms, then we can move forward with a different understanding. From there, we can move on to step two. Step two is all about creating safety around food. This is where you literally have a conversation with yourself, telling your psyche that food is safe. Yes, you need to talk to yourself. And I know it might feel weird, but it's essential. You will need to train your mind around the foods that you have symptoms to, taking baby steps each day to creating safety around the food. One day you might just hold it and tell your psyche that it's safe. And then a few days later, you might take one bite while thinking of how much you love that food. And a few days later, you take a few more bites when thinking about something that makes you happy. When you're thinking about happy, good things, when you're taking a bite of this food that normally sends a bad message to your your nervous system, you're creating a different pattern, a different association to the food. So that's where the training comes into play is where you got to train your brain to have a new way of thinking, a new message that it receives about that actual food. So this is just one of the steps. And, and for some people, this step and step one of shifting the beliefs and then training around the food is all they need to do. It really depends on a person's situation. It depends on how long they've had food sensitivities, how many different patterns and beliefs and fears are all connected to it. But in general, you know, this is what we're going to follow to help somebody break those old patterns. The goal is to create new connections in your brain to the food. We want it rather than thinking that there's a, it's a threat coming in, that you provide the message that that food is safe. Now, depending on, like I said, how many sensitivities you have, this process could take just a few days or a couple of weeks. If you are down to very few foods that you can eat, you will not have to train around every single food. You can start with a few and eventually your body will just be okay with them all. Tania, who is a former student of the MBR program, who just came to us with, you know, three foods that she was able to eat. She didn't have to train around every single food. She worked on just some of the basic ones first. And once she was able to do that, her whole nervous system was like, okay, food is safe. And she didn't have to do every single one. That's a big question I get is I'm allergic or have sensitivity to so many. You mean I have to train around every single one? No, you don't. Just start with a little bit of of a couple of the foods and eventually your nervous system will be able to handle them all. Uh, This particular step is trial and error. And there are going to be some days that you don't want to be doing this type of training. If you're having a really bad day mentally or symptom wise to where, you know, you're just not feeling well or your, your mind is just not in a good place, I don't suggest that you do this type of training on those days um, because, again, that type of mindset is going to keep your, your mind in conflict state. So we want you to be in a good place, which is doable, even if you have crappy days. Uh, again, that's all about having the right tools to, in order to do that. So trial and error is involved with this, but the answer is being patient and persistent at the same time. It's about patience of this is going to happen in its own time and with you persistently doing it. So we still have to be persistent, repetitive with it, you know, and stay on top of it. But it's also something that we need to be patient with and understand that our body will make that change uh, when we create the right situation, when we calm down the nervous system enough for it to move into a different phase. All right, so once we have created safety, 
uh, and given the brain a message that food is safe, we can then move on to step three. And this is where we move into targeting your specific symptoms. The question is, is how do you know you have sensitivities? Do you get a skin rash? Do you have digestive upset? What are your symptoms? And depending on what your symptom is, we then find the biological conflict connected to it. So the most common that I do see when it comes to food sensitivities are going to be three typical symptoms. One is going to be a runny nose or stuffiness. The second is going to be digestive upset. The third is usually some type of rash or skin issue. Again, it could be something completely different, but these are the common ones that I see. So it depends on what your symptoms are, and then we find the biological connection to it. So let's say you have digestive upset. Digestive upset is what we call an indigestible anger conflict. And if it's a rash, it's connected to a separation conflict. And if we get a runny nose, it's a stink conflict. So again, your symptoms tell us the subconscious message that is connected to the symptom. And once we know the conflict, we can then move on to step four. So we have to know the symptoms. And then from the symptoms, we are moving on to what is the conflict. And that's going to be according to GNM, GHK, finding that biological connection. Once we have that connection, we can then make the connection to what happened just prior to your symptoms starting. And that is step four. So step four is where you want to go back just prior to your symptoms starting and look at what was going on in your life that relates to this conflict. So if you know it's a separation conflict because you have a rash, you will then look for something that was happening in your life that you either wanted to be separated from or didn't want to be separated from. The same goes for indigestible anger. You would look for something that was happening that you were angry about when you were eating that particular food or what was going on in your life at that time. And so we're making these connections to identify what the conflict is. And once you're able to identify that situation or event, then you can move on to the next step. Now, some people may say, what if I don't remember when the symptoms started? And in that case, there is some detective work that can be done to pinpoint that answer. And working with the coach, we are able usually to find an event because we are a a, a third eye looking at the situation, yourself, your own patterns. uh, Sometimes it's not the easiest to find that. So having someone else ask you questions and then wait for your subconscious to give you answers or whatever answers come from that to ask some more questions, we can usually pinpoint the answer to what it's connected to. But If that's not the case, we can also look to other areas in your current life to help identify or help, you know, make the connections to. And so in that case, we would identify what is still unresolved in your life that makes you angry or relates to a separation. For an example, you know, back to those rash, to the rash and the digestive issues. So we typically do want to find something that originally, you know, started this and and resolve that. Uh, If we can't do that, there are other ways of going around that. But, you know, that is the ultimate goal is find out what was happening just prior to those symptoms started that created this track, this connection to the food, and then to resolve that. Once we then can pinpoint the event or situation that happened just prior to your symptoms showing up, we can move into step five. So once we identify that situation, it's about resolving it on a psyche level. And this is different for everyone. The situation needs to be put to rest, so to speak, so the nervous system can relax. This may mean that you need to say something that you've been holding in for years, see a new perspective around the situation, set boundaries, 
or simply tell your psyche that you're not there anymore and it's safe to move on. It just depends on what was the situation, what was the perception of the situation that is now subconsciously we're seeing that come through with the physical symptom because the symptom is telling us how we perceived that event. And now we have to change the perception around that in order for it to let go. So resolving situation or events that are connecting to your symptoms is a very individual thing. Within the MBR program, we provide worksheets and questions to our students to help assist with this. Uh, But on a level of, you know, working on your own to do this, it is about resolving whatever that conflict is connected to your symptom, shifting your perception around it so that that message is no longer being sent. So once the resolution of the situation is complete, we then can move on to step six. And step six is the healing phase. This is where your body is now going to move into the healing phase because you've resolved the conflict. This is where you will experience worsening of your symptoms for a short period of time. So back to my examples with the rash, the rash will get worse. The digestive upset will get worse. You might have diarrhea for a couple of days. Uh, The rash is going to get red. It's going to get inflamed. Uh, It's going to maybe swell. That's all part of the healing process. A stink conflict with a stuffy nose, you're going to have a runny nose, you know, stuffiness that might happen for a couple of days once you resolve the situation that was connected to your symptom. Now, this is why education and understanding of the two phases is very important because when this happens, your old brain is going to try and play the old programs. It's going to try and convince you that something is wrong and bring your mind down those old rabbit holes. That's your old way of thinking. That's the old track in your brain that is literally programmed to think that when I experience symptoms, something bad is happening. We have to shift that because when this is going to happen, when we go into the healing phase is step six, we have to have a different mindset around it. But hopefully because you've already shifted your thinking based off of listening to my podcast, you will know that this is part of the healing process. And you celebrate instead and you support your body during this time. You take some time to rest, take baths, slow down, and nourish your body. In a matter of a few days or less, you will feel a huge shift in your mind and body and come out on the other side of the healing phase feeling renewed. So these are the exact steps to take when healing food sensitivities. Now, each step really needs to be tailored to you, except for step six, that healing phase. The healing phase is going to happen. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing uh, that we need to tailor uh, having a different mindset, you know, when those symptoms happen. And that's going to be in some way unique to you because of your past experiences and your old patterns. But in general, we just want to keep your head in the right lane in step six. The rest of the other steps do involve getting more detailed about your specific beliefs, your old programs, your events that are all unique to you. So let me run through these steps again. Number one is debunk the beliefs around food. Number two, create safety within your psyche and train around food. Number three is identify the symptoms. And then number four is identify the conflict to the symptoms. And number five is resolve the conflict. Number six is prepare for the healing phase. Now, I want to share with you a conversation that I had with Shar. She is a student of the MBR program, and we talked about her food sensitivities. Shar was one of those people that all it took was shifting her beliefs around food for her to resolve her sensitivities. She realized that what she believed about food was not true. And once she shifted that in her mind, her nervous system no longer looked at food as being a threat. She was able to eat literally anything overnight. So let's listen in. 
All right. So today I am here talking with Shar, who is a student of the Mind Body Rewire program. Shar came into the program with food sensitivities to dairy, gluten, soy, and some nightshades. So we're going to talk further with Shar here to see where, where she started and where she is now. So let's uh, talk about starting right from the beginning here, Shar. When you would eat the foods that I mentioned, you know, the, the dairy, the gluten, the soy, and some nightshades before the program, what symptoms were you experiencing? Yeah, eating these foods would cause me serious joint pain, inflammation, hives, some bloating, but mostly the most bizarre symptom was just so much pain throughout my hands and shoulders. It was really weird. Interesting. Yeah. And you know, this is where I, I, I love the work that we do because when you ask somebody that they have food allergies, the symptoms are always different. They're, they're all over the place. Some person might have a skin issue, might, some person might have inflammation or like you said, the bloating, but in your case, pain was your quote unquote track that was connected to the food uh, sensitivity. So very interesting. And that was quite a list for not that many uh, foods. I mean, we've had people come into the program that were down to three foods and only have like one or two symptoms. So again, this is very individual of how your nervous system wires the connection to foods. Great. So what kind of approaches did you try prior to working in the program for your sensitivities? I tried, I feel like I tried everything. I did the autoimmune paleo diet. I took numerous supplements, read so many books on uh, food sensitivities and endless research on the internet hours of just pouring over uh, what should I eliminate? How should I approach eating? And then mostly though, um, what really was affecting my life the most was a restricted diet. So I went on a restricted diet of, you know, no dairy, no soy, no gluten, and uh, some nightshades. And then I also started a medication. So I added another medication to my list. LDN to address, to help address the food sensitivities. Yeah. Yeah. That's very, from what you just said, it's very, very common, you know, and people just keep eliminating. And when you keep eliminating your life gets smaller and smaller and smaller, your choices get smaller. And, you know, everybody says, should I do the elimination diet? No, we don't want you to do the elimination diet. You're just <laughs> going to take more things away from your life. And that creates a whole nother conflict in your head when you can't, you know, go to parties and enjoy yourself you're automatically setting yourself up to be in a conflict state when you can enjoy what you want to enjoy. So that leads us to what kind of things did you miss out on life when these food allergies, um, when you experienced the oh. food allergies? And I, I really didn't notice the true things I missed out on until I was able to enjoy them again, because I was so in my head about, I can't have these things, but I was, uh, I realized now I was afraid to eat in public and at friend's house. And I remember thinking this, I'll pay for it. I'm going to pay for this because mm -hmm. this food touched this food, or I don't know what they prepared this with, but I would still sometimes try, like not think about it, but then I would come down with my symptoms. And as a person in the wellness field, I, I believe that food was nourishing, but I also thought there were good foods and there were bad foods and the bad foods hurt me. And so I would really miss out on now. I know just enjoying my time out with when there was food or present, which is almost any time you think about it when you're out with friends or you're out with at parties or something. I was so just hyper-focused on, oh, I'm going to pay for this. The food's probably touching something. So I really just didn't enjoy myself. Yeah, you're exactly right. And again, very common is there's good foods and there's bad foods. 
And as soon as we start to label good or bad foods, that automatically sends a, a message to the nervous system. That's bad food. Stay away. We got to be cautious. You know, it immediately alerts the entire body that we're bringing in bad food here. And, you know, it, it makes sense that it's having a reaction as soon as we start to label these good and bad. So um, very, very common. Um, I fell into the same old things that you did as well, categorizing good and bad foods. So it's it's very common for that to happen, especially when um, we go see holistic practitioners, because the medical field doesn't really say good or bad foods. Some may, some, some may not. But really, when we go into that holistic uh, world, um, that really is where it starts to get into good and bad foods. And we start to categorize those foods. All right, good. So we know that our mind plays a huge role in how our body responds to the foods. What are some limited beliefs that you had around eating or specifically around food um, before you started the program? Yeah, limited beliefs where some food is bad, food hurts me, food is the cause of some of my ailments, I'm different because I can only eat certain foods. And also though, another thing that I, I thought of was good food heals me will heal me. So a belief I had that limited me that I didn't really think about was that I can heal myself with good food, which is mm -hmm. not true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so these limited beliefs, in addition to categorizing good and bad food, that's one of the blocks, you know, that is getting in the way of us healing. But then we have these limited beliefs that really aren't ours. They are really other people's that we have taken on. And then that belief ultimately is wired into our entire mind and body. And when that happens, those as well come on top of the other things that are getting in the way of us healing. So limited beliefs around eating and around, around food have to be addressed in order to really clean up this food sensitivity. It's not just, oh, go start eating food. It's, well, how are you thinking about food? What are your beliefs around it? What is your mindset around it? Because that ultimately sends the message to your body. All right. So let's talk about since doing the work in the program, what's changed? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so many things have changed, but uh, when it comes to food, I can eat whatever I want. And that has been so empowering. It's been life-changing. Um, sometimes I'm literally still amazed that, oh wait, like I was at a birthday party on Saturday and I'm like, I'm going to eat some of that cake. Like I can have that cake. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm going to eat some of that pizza because guess what? Uh, before I'd sit there and watch and, and then it would make other people feel bad for me because they might not have mm -hmm. something I can eat. And so it just felt so good to sit there and eat. And uh, I take bites of all the foods, all my kids' foods, my husband's foods. And they're like probably annoyed by me, but I'm like, I can try all of that. <laughs> um, I still do try to eat healthy. I, you know, I'm still trying to limit, you know, my sugar and my sweets and stuff, but I, I need a balanced diet, but I'm literally not restricted. Um, my husband, I was asking him and he's like, oh, it's just so fun to eat with you because we can just share food and you can have this. Like you had mentioned that Tania eating Taco Bell and I, <laughs> I was like, let's go through Taco Bell. And my husband's like, let's do it. And I like literally, I had all of it. And another thing that changed was not only my fear of these sensitivities, but also my fear of uh, like, I guess I didn't mention this earlier, like sugar. Like, oh, I can't have that drink because of sugar. I'm like, give me that slushy. I'm going to taste it. I'm having some. And so it's just been so fun. Um, you know, for so long, I had a fear of food and, and then now I can just be free with it. And it's, literally changing. Like I love cheese. I love sourdough bread. I'm always out there just eating 
trying all these things and um, know that the food is good for me. Mm -hmm. So changing my, my mindset around food was actually one of the first things that happened to me in the program. And I remember it just was a light bulb, like, oh, I created this problem. I created this whole thing and I can change it. Mm -hmm. And I just dove right in and was like, I'm eating it. My husband couldn't believe it. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's been, it's been huge for me. It's the best thing that, I mean, one of the best things that's happened to me. (laughs) Yeah. And I will agree to, um, with you, Shar, when it comes to everybody, everybody's very different when it comes to working on their food sensitivities. And when they know or when they learn in the program that the mindset and your beliefs around the food and what has all been programmed around food is their thing, like they've done that on some level, not consciously in the beginning, but now we consciously are seeing it and are able to make that shift. There are some people, and you are one of those, that said immediately, I did this, and I can shift this right now, and literally can shift that in a week or two, or even a couple days, okay? And then there's some people that are very, very wired, that for years, and maybe it comes down to, like we've had clients that are down to two, three foods, and they're so, so sensitive that um, they've become very, their brain is very, very wired to be in fear of food. Um, that might take a little bit longer, but either way, it's still the same approach. And in, in your case, uh, you really took it by, by the horns and took it on and, and really shifted that very quickly. So congrats on that. And you are a prime example of the power of the mind and the ability to heal using your mind. Yes. And I just want to add one more thing. Um, it's almost like you mentioned the holistic world that actually made me sicker. Yes. And I thought I was so, especially around food, it actually caused now I see it caused more and more and more restrictions, the natural way, which I'm all about. Mm-hmm. And so I think when that also was clicked in for me, it was like, oh, everything I've literally built up in my mind mm-hmm. of how, how to heal myself is actually hurting me more. And so the food, bam, like, oh, I can have all that. And so it, it's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You make a very good point. I mean, we, we both come from the same backgrounds. You know, I had a health and wellness store. I was all about, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. And, you know, these limiting uh, diets. And it wasn't until I learned that information prior to me owning my store, I didn't have any of those beliefs before. But once I had those beliefs, I ended up having all these food issues. And uh, very similarly is when you go to the holistic direction, which there are very positive things about it, but there are also some very rabbit holes that we can get into when we go into the holistic world, because there are so many restrictions and so much about what you can and can't eat in good and bad foods. And you're absolutely right. Sometimes that's where the shift goes, where a person goes downhill because they start to restrict more and more because of that. So, but you've, you've taken it the other direction because you realize Someone told me those. I created that and I believed it. I chose to believe it and I implemented it in my life and I can do the same by switching it. And that's really where the power is at, is understanding those beliefs that we have taken on from other people, other practitioners are really not ours until we take possession of them. And when we take possession of them, we have a choice. Do I want to believe this or don't I? I have the choice to say if this is a belief or not that I want to live in my life. So, so happy for you, Shar. Your healing, again, is a true example of the power of the mind. And thank you so much for sharing your story. And you are an inspiration to all that, that everyone that they can heal, 
uh, especially around food sensitivities. Of course, we do more than that in the program, but specifically food sensitivities you have aced. Nice job. Thank you. Shar's experience is amazing. She, along with many other students of the MBR program, have overcome food sensitivities. If you haven't listened to Tania's story, the student that was down to three foods when she came into the program and left being able to eat anything, then I encourage you to listen to episode number 15 to be inspired by her story as well. So what are food allergies and sensitivities costing you? Your freedom. You can't socialize, plan, travel, or enjoy the experience that food brings. What kind of life is that? You, my friend, deserve more. Now the steps I gave you today, they work. But trying to piece this all together on your own without support or step-by-step process can present a challenge and also waste a lot of unnecessary time and energy. The MBR program simplifies this whole process, cuts down on the amount of time and money that you will spend doing other things or doing it yourself. We have a proven system that works and can help you reach the freedom that you desire to eat anything you want. And when you can eat anything you want, you can get back to enjoying parties, eating with your family and friends, traveling, and even love grocery shopping again. If you're ready to get back your life and health using your mind, I invite you to apply for the MBR program. This is an application-only program, so to learn more details, you must fill out the application form. Upon receiving your application, you will be contacted to set up a chat with me. A link for the application is in the show notes. This episode concludes the Food Allergies and Sensitivities series. I hope you've enjoyed this information and stay tuned for more. If you enjoy my show, please share it with others. Don't forget to subscribe so you can be notified when new episodes come out. Just hit the subscribe button next to my show name on whatever platform you are listening on. Talk to you next time.